Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Nathan East hanging with the teddy bear on LOTL Radio, The Zone.
on a magnificent Wednesday afternoon. How's everyone doing? It's the Teddy Bear, and welcome to the Zone of L.O.T.O. Radio. And before we begin today's broadcast, I want to send out a very special thank you to Mr. Tommy Jenkins. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, family, be sure to purchase his new hit single, Naturally, available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And as we turn the page to an exceptionally gifted pianist, Lord have mercy, Mac Avenue recording artist, Connie Hung. Her new debut album, Chorus, <laughs> Crime Zone. So on behalf of the teddy bear and the zone, it is my pleasure to welcome to LOTO Radio, Connie Hung. My queen, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations on your new album. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I must ask, I've had an opportunity to listen to the entire album, and I mean, you're... It is incredible what you were able to create on a piece. It's just, man, I've seen a lot of, don't get me wrong, I've seen a lot of gifted pianists, but at your age and what you're able to do on a piano is just incredible. And I must ask you, looking back on completing the project, what is your overall feeling on how you think you did on Crime Zone? Well, after recording it, Immediately after, I hated it, <laughs> but uh, it's grown on me okay. after about a year in the can, and uh, I have to be honest, I'm really proud of the material, especially the writing and the arranging, which uh, was split between myself and the album's producer and co-writer, Bill Wyzaski. This music wouldn't have been uh, possible without uh, his creative input. Uh, much of the process was uh, right was me writing a lot of the music based on my inspiration from my biggest jazz heroes like Freddie Hubbard, McCoy Tyner, and Kenny Kirkland. Uh, And Bill would take a lot of the content that I create and uh, arrange it in a format that uh, was really listenable and really accessible to uh, both sophisticated jazz listeners as well as uh, music lovers in general. Um, And, you know, like I said, uh, after recording it, I, I didn't want to over-listen to it and over-analyze it because, you know, it's like a, a, a frozen moment in time. And in my opinion, even though now I am a more developed, more mature player, I'm still quite proud of the materials. And uh, really, at this point going forward, uh, my musical mission is to expand on the vision that I've staked out with Crime Zone. You know, what I've never liked or cared for are labels. And I think we have a tendency to try to label anything and everything and try to paint an artist in a particular corner. And one of the things that I've always loved and admired about just jazz, the concept of jazz, that you have the ability to create in front of everyone. There are no limits. You can do what you want to do. And one of the things that I get from you, the vibe that I get from you, is that I don't like to use the term old soul, but you have a very seasoned soul. Do you think at any time that you were like, I was born in the, in a, in the wrong time period as far as 
the way that you look at things, your mannerisms, the way that you play, the different artists that you really, truly admire? Do you think you were born in the wrong time period? That's a very perceptive question because I actually think that to myself all the time. Um, (laughs) So, so yeah, the answer to that question is yes. Um, The music that I love and that my heroes, unfortunately, most of them have already passed. So, you know, my, my sentiments, my, I I like to call them musical fetishes all lie in, you know, eras that are at least 30 years ago. Uh, and uh, definitely in the 50s and 60s, those recordings are recordings that I hold dear to my heart. And, uh, you know, I try to create spontaneous music from nothing, but also having one foot in that same tradition of the 60s and the 90s. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with that. I've always felt sort of precautious, I have to be honest, uh, for someone my age and uh, it's something that I, you know, maybe it shows up in my music. Maybe it shows up in my vibe, but uh, I would definitely say I'm like one of those quote unquote old souls. So, yeah. Right. You know, one of the things that I get from you, I said, you know what? I said, I had spoke with a colleague of mine, but a little bit of a week ago. And I said, the way that she plays and the way that, she dresses. She reminds me of the female version of Miles Davis. And the reason why I say that wow. is because that's a compliment. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because wow. thank you. My Miles, there were no boundaries with Miles Davis. And when he, as far as his evolution as an artist, when he changed his wardrobe, he just decided to take it to a completely different level. And to hear you play and to hear you speak now, it seems to me that's on the same course or journey or path that you're on, that you want to stretch the boundaries. So it made me feel good to hear you say, you know what? I didn't like it when I first first heard the album. I didn't like it. That lets me know that you're a perfectionist and that you're your own worst critic. So how many songs actually didn't make it on the album Crime Zone? Honestly, all the songs made it to Crime Zone that we planned on um, putting on the album, but we had to live with some of the things that we got in order to have a complete album. Uh, You know, so the thing is, is that even though, like you say, I am a perfectionist and uh, I hate everything I do, you sort of have to sacrifice that selfish feeling and that selfish tendency to want to show everyone this perfect version of yourself but sometimes you just gotta let it go man and just bear out your soul for everyone to see obviously we did quite a few takes of some of the songs and we chose the best ones but there were definitely no songs where I was like oh that's so terrible I'm not going to put it out there Um, obviously there are some tracks on there that I'm much prouder of than some of the other ones Um, but the ones I'm not as proud of, you know, I learned to live with it as I think any artist should, especially in jazz, which is, you know, this art form that is, is based on roughed up edges. And it, 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 it's based on uh, the flaws of humanity, frankly. And you just have to learn how to live with it. 
going back to that Miles thing, I mean, what I love about Miles is that he just didn't give a crap about <laughs> the status quo. And right. I try to live up to that. And I'm glad that you said that about my aesthetic because, you know, ever since jazz was um, incorporated into formal music education, which in on one hand uh, is a positive thing because it legitimized it as like a serious, you know, art form, uh, you know, indigenous to America on equal footing as European classical music. But it, what it also did is that it stifled the, the sex in jazz, <laughs> the vulgarity and this like rawness to it that makes the spontaneous, element in the improvisation of it so special and um in addition to that with the aesthetic you know I, I feel like guys are pressured to dress up in suits and bow ties and that's fine Some, if you can pull it off great but uh as a woman um i don't really think it matches my music to be so conservative and that's what i've always loved about miles he was he was always wearing high-end fashion, uh, Burberry trench coats, and was just very out there and dressing like a rock star, even though he was playing some of the most sophisticated <laughs> jazz music. So, right. yeah, I mean, I, I really identify with that. You know, along with him, I would say that Roy Harborough also embodies that kind of aesthetic and that vibe. So, Miles and Roy, you know, they're kind of one of my brand influences, in addition to the music, of course. You know, what I find uh, so interesting that you have a lot of the quote-unquote old guard who, as you just stated, that they feel they feel that jazz artists, the perception of a jazz artist, you play a certain way, you dress a certain way, a certain kind of attire. And I've always felt the more out there, the better you are. Because to me, jazz has always been predicated on improvisation. And speaking of improvisation, it's one thing to go into the studio and create something very magical, but it's another thing to actually go on, get out on stage and take it to another level. And I wanted to ask you, what is the vibe or the feeling for you when you get an opportunity to perform in front of an audience and have that kind of high? And how long does it take you to get off that high after, an, after a performance? Well, when it's a good performance, uh, <laughs> lasts for quite a while. <laughs> right. Uh, so I would definitely say that it's such a unique experience performing in front of an audience compared to playing in a studio. I mean, some of the best music that I enjoy listening to is live. It's like the, like the cats have great chemistry in studio, but they have even better chemistry when it's live. And it's like we're just feeding off the off the love of the audience. And it's it's like this thing that is it's kind of indescribable. It's like it's like that feeling that us as jazz musicians that we like we sacrifice so much and work so hard just so that we can get that high playing live for an audience. So I mean, when it happens it's it's real nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah. it definitely resonates through your music. Um, to me, I've always been, um, I've always felt that it's a great experience for an artist to be an independent artist because 
they have complete creative control of their material. And I wanted to ask you, as far as on the business side of this industry, what does it mean to you to be an independent artist, to have that kind of creative control and not allow other people to try to tell you what to do and how to do it, and you're allowed to remain true to who you are as an artist? Mm -hmm. Well, um, just to set the record straight, I'm actually not an independent artist. <laughs> I'm actually on uh, Mac Avenue Records. Yeah, I, I know uh, you're as, on Mac. I know you're on Mac Avenue, but I mean, just to have that level of freedom as being, because to me, the level of freedom that you have as far as creativity, it comes across as almost mm -hmm. being like an independent artist. Yeah, and you know that's one of the. Uh, Great things about being with Mac Avenue is that I've had that liberty to be who I am, and it's really one of the uh, qualities that I am very th thankful for in being a sort of precautious human is that I'm very sure of what I want and very sure in my vision of how I want to present my art, and um, in having a very specific and very uh, thought-out vision I find that uh, it's super liberating when I do have the opportunity to express who I am and to be, um, in that sense, an independent artist. So, you know, I mean, it's 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 nice to be uncensored. <laughs> Without question. You know, it's funny that um, I've always had the analogy that I believe, just for me, I believe that the listening audience outside the United States has a greater appreciation for music, for jazz music. And I wanted to ask you, what is your, what has the vibe been like for you as far as your performances are concerned? Because what I've seen overall, the feedback and amount of appreciation that you receive about the album has been incredible. But as far as the touring and performing, what has the vibe been like for you? Do you see a difference between performing here in the States or being able to go out elsewhere and travel around and see what the difference is as far as the, them being receptive and really feeling the album. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can even tell you just from direct personal experience that there is like this culture and level of commitment to this music, particularly in other outside of the U S especially in Montreal, Canada, my trio played the Montreal Jazz Festival and it was raining on the day of our performance yet and we and we expected there to be a dip in audience attendance but that was definitely not the case. The audience literally just camped out with all their rain gear, set up their umbrella and just sat and waited for the performances to start. And I can guarantee you that is something that does not happen in the US. <laughs> so, I can tell you that that particular sentiment is is true. And I've heard even better things about, um, you know, uh, reception to jazz in Japan, which I have not yet had the opportunity to play, but I've heard so many countless stories from my friends and colleagues about how as a jazz musician, like if you even remotely have like a thing going, you're treated like a superstar in Japan. So yeah, it's definitely true. Every yeah. artist that I've had the privilege to converse with and have on the show, they have said, they have given the same kind of sentiment that it's like, Teddy Bear, you have no idea unless you've been outside the United States. The love affair, the respect, and the adulation that they have for our music 
is incredible. They still have record stores in Japan, Australia, Germany, Canada, and they come out in droves and they show that kind of love and appreciation where I said, wow, I said, because I know out here in the States, it's not like that anymore. Oh, it's not. For, it's really, really not. And, that's, and I think a lot of times, because I think a lot of times that's predicated as far as the artist not getting enough radio play, enough exposure. I think as far as how the radio stations are set up to play a particular kind of brand of music. And to mm. me, it becomes oversaturated. And you have artists like yourself who put out a great project and it can become, it could, I quote unquote, missing in action because it's not getting quote unquote, the necessary airplay here in the States, but you turn on the YouTube right? The, uh, turn on the, uh, as far as the uh, European channel, as far as the, U- the UK jazz channel, they're playing every track of your album in its entirety. And I sat back, I said, wow, mm-hmm. that is incredible. How have you seen yourself grow as an artist over the last three years? And what are your expectations going forward? I want to become a more mature version, like I said uh, earlier, of uh, what I staked out in my vision on Crime Zone and to continue peddling my my provocatrix vision of <laughs> okay. being able to play this music unadulterated. Uh, it can still be like legitimate artistic acoustic jazz, but you don't have to stamp out like a it's, uh, you don't have to put a uh, more conservative, conformist uh, image of what a jazz artist can be. And I just want to continue, uh, you know, paving my way with that vision even stronger and, and just more mature and getting to the point where you can't ignore me, you know. That's really that's really my goal. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to be like the – I've said this many times before – but I want to be the Yuja Wong of jazz. And if you don't already know who Yuja Wong is, she is like considered the classical version of Beyonce. Like she's a Beyonce of the classical piano world where she's comparable okay. to the Glenn Gould, you know, and uh, she's amazing because she plays like the legitimate European classical traditional repertoire while also being a a beauty ambassador for like Armani and like Rolex and just (laughs) being like a, a fashion icon and like even like a sex icon, you know, like, and that's kind of the, the direction that uh, I'm going in really, or that, that I plan on going in. And that way, you know, I don't have to uh, let's say, compromise my art in order to be appealing to a mass audience, which I find that too many artists feel pressure to do in order to, you know, either make a living or just to get more mainstream appeal. I think the other way is, uh, though more selfish, (laughs) is also a very good solution (laughs) to doing that. So that's my plan. Without question. You know, um, wow. Something just came across my mind. I said, you know, I said, I'm going to ask her. I said, you know, it's um, music and fashion have always played. They've always gone hand in hand. They've always played an integral part with one another. 
Also, excess is always played an integral part in jazz. As you stated earlier, a lot of great jazz starters that you've admired are no longer here. How have you mm-hmm. managed where you said, you know what, I know what I want. I know what my expectations are of myself. How do you steer away from falling in bad habits or bad behavior or avoid the pit the pitfalls of what this industry can provide? Because, you know, you have hangers on who will provide you certain kind of accessibility to things that are not conducive to help you progress as an artist. So how do you avoid those pitfalls and not allow yourself to get involved in something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, there's two things. The first is you have to depend on yourself and you have to make sure that you have the willpower and the confidence in your own vision in order to stave off all those bad influences. But that's also not enough. You also need to surround yourself with really good people, good mentors, uh, older, more experienced people who are uh, better than you at what you do, <laughs> specifically jazz, uh, and, and make sure that you improve upon yourself because, you know, you're so inspired when you're constantly surrounding yourself with people who um, who inspire you to get better. And uh, I would say for me that one of those people is Bill Wyzaski, who I mentioned earlier produced Crime Zone, but has also been um, my biggest supporter in my career and my craft since I was like 14 years old. I couldn't have done anything I've done with, without his like, you know, uh, constantly reinforcing what um, integrity I need in order to survive in this industry and keep this, keep my craft at the highest level. So for me, it's two things. It's about like building your own strength and just being confident and frankly, just believing yourself and also surrounding yourself with the right people who will not like, you know, just buckle when they get they they face peer pressure from people who are saying, oh no, you shouldn't do that. You should do this. It's not going to be successful. Blah blah blah. Like about you, you and your team. You know, what would you say to an artist that is, you know, they said, you know what, this is what I want to do for my life. This is I was meant to do this, and they wanted to ask you questions about is it okay is it healthy even if you do have a mentor to ask questions to challenge a person's as far as their knowledge because i've always felt the more you challenge a person especially someone that's more knowledgeable than you the more that's going to enhance Mm -hmm. you as a human being and also as an artist do you think it's healthy for an artist to challenge a mentor to get more information Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question because um, it's something that I think I've struggled with before where, like, like if you're at a certain level, I'm just speaking specifically in, like, your art, um, okay. where you're at a really beginner, novice level, you have to sort of survive at first by, uh, you know, having faith in some of the things that your mentors are telling you and trying them out, but you also have to remember that you need to trust your own instincts, trust your own common sense, your own ability to solve problems, and use those tools that you have at your disposal to ask those critical thinking questions in order to uh, make sure that the information that you're using is not only valid, but is information that will be effective for you. Because if you don't completely 
understand or believe in the information that, let's say, a, you know, a mentor is feeding you, it's not going to be very effective either way. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, obviously, I think there should be some grace in, in, in questioning the current authority figures in your life. Um, but I think that it's absolutely necessary to ask those questions because, you know, I, I want to also say that the only person you can really rely on to get the things done is yourself. You know, mentors is going to do it for you. It's great to have those, that guidance um, and necessary to have that guidance, but uh, you have to ask the tough questions. Otherwise, you're not going to have any conviction in what you're doing or whatever advice you're trying to apply to yours. I guess the answer to that is uh, yes, it's okay. <laughs> and for those who are tuning in late, shame on you. But the teddy bear does forgive you. We're being joined by the incredibly talented Connie Han, of course, her new album, Crime Zone. How long did it take you to become somewhat comfortable uh, maneuvering through social media? Because I'm going to tell you, I grew up in an era where there was no social media at all. And I see now artists are using social media to great lengths to promote as far as their upcoming tours, uh, magazine interviews, you name it, where now you can sit up here and let people know that I'm going to be in Egypt in two months from now, and people will get all that pertinent information via social media. How has that helped and how has that enhanced as far as growing your your followers and people that are tuning into your music? It's helped tremendously. There are people that I know that I would never have connected with had I not been on Instagram or Facebook. Um, but that said, though, in the jazz industry, I don't think you can get ahead, especially in my genre, without making a personal connection and doing it the old-fashioned way, setting up meetings, letting people know that you can talk like <laughs> that you can articulate yourself in person and look them in the eye and shake their hand. That's still a very necessary skill. Wow. Uh, and it's a skill that you need in order to get ahead in the like straight ahead jazz industry, because I mean, that's, that's the kind of music I play. You know, I don't, I don't want to alienate my audience, but my music is definitely music that um, older listeners I think may appreciate a little more than like people in their twenties who are listening to, I don't know, Cardi B or something, <laughs> Ariana Grande, that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, <laughs> with that said, I've actually connected with more peers and musicians and fellow artists through social media than anything. I mean, it's amazing how, I mean, okay, as a jazz pianist, I have to spend a lot of time in solitude uh, honing my skills at the piano, just hours and hours just of practicing in solitude. And uh, with social media, it's made it easier for me to still connect with people while being able to stay in my practice room and work on my skills. <laughs> Whereas before, you know, if you're in the 40s and 50s, in the golden age of jazz, I mean, you have to go out every night and play, play jam sessions, which is still good. I still try to get out as much as possible. But uh, the only way to get known was, was to go out every night. And I find that um, you don't have to do that as much these days, which is kind of nice, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, so social media is a tremendous tool that is especially, like, transformative in the industries of, like, fashion and, and visual media. Um, 
and even in jazz. Uh, but I think nothing can replace like a personal connection. Nothing. Um, you, so, you yeah. know, it's interesting. I, I don't mean to interrupt. You said something that I find very interesting. And I also consider very taboo. You said conversation in today's digital age, conversation so rare and so mm-hmm. far in between because like you just said, everything is done via social media. Uh, the art of meet and greet, having an opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with the record buying public who will come and see you perform anywhere, regardless of where you're playing at. And like with anything, social media is good and it also bad because I think where social media, where I have an issue with social media, I think a lot of times we get so consumed by it, it kind of dehumanizes that connection with the record buyer. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I know I'm dating myself. I just come from an era where it was fascinating to me to have an opportunity to meet your favorite artist, whether you could shake their hand or just say, you know, thank you for putting out a fantastic album and they would go to your shows, shows would be sold out. And I see a lot of that now. It's like that is such a disconnect there. How do you manage to kind of balance both where you say, hey, I know I got to hone my skills. I have to continue, continually practice to become a better pianist. But at the same time, I still want to have that connection to the listeners who truly appreciate the kind of music that I put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I make it such a point of making that personal connection during my shows. You know, I I always I always make uh, my my sets and my presentations not only just about the music, but also about interacting with the audience and making them. Uh, understand like the backstory of my music and also just making them comfortable and creating the creating like a vibe around the music. I, I really try to make my stage presence a part of that. And then after the show, I always make an effort, especially when, you know, I'm signing to like be like a part of the communication and like, you know, look my fans in the eye and tell them like, thank you so much for making what I do possible. So um, with that said, I also sometimes like to do like selfie videos where I like talk to my audience, but okay. that's okay. another thing. <laughs> that's another thing. But, uh... <laughs> okay. Well, Bottom hey, line is, not... <laughs> I like to make a personal connection with my audiences when I see them, so that they get their money's worth when they come to see me live. So. Oh my goodness! Does it does it any point or has it at any point become a little bit overwhelming because you know once. The audience falls in love with you. They demand and want so much more from you. So how have you managed to balance the business side of the industry in being able to at least keep a piece of your personal life? How have you managed to be able to balance both of them? Um, you know, I this goes back to my thing that I was saying about like staying centered on knowing what you want and knowing who you are. I mean, it's really difficult for me to take breaks from my career, frankly, because my personal life is my work life. I have to be honest. Okay. That's why, okay. that's why artists are such unique people, uh, just the artist community, because it's so hard to like, be like, I want to take my weekend, take a break from like my work, but you can't because like, the, like the composition you just wrote is is super personal to you. It was inspired by a very personal thing that just happened to you. So it's 
Interesting. I'll get back to you on that when I maybe get some more life experience. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, I I understand. I understand. And far be it for the teddy bear to deprive the many listeners from uh, great music. So let's get into one of the many wonderfully played songs from the new, of course, debut album from Connie Hahn, of course, Crime Zone with another kind of right here in the zone of LOTL Radio.
very talented Connie Hahn here in the zone of LOTO Radio. I want to send out a very special thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And family, be sure to purchase her new album, Crime Zone, available on iTunes, Google Play, also on Spotify. If you're feeling a little bit more adventurous, you can all head over to Amazon. Dot com And also to get the latest updates, be sure to stop by her official website at www.connihan.com. Also on Instagram and Twitter at Connie Han Jazz. Again, thank her so much. I want to thank her so much for joining us today. Well, got to take a little quick two and two. Got to pay some bills. Pay the cost to be the boss. Let's get lost in confunctions. Love train. You're in the zone of LOTO Radio.
full of desire. Oh, no. I just want it so bad. Oh, you know? Oh, and it just seems so real. It's right there. Just want to reach out and touch it. For what all disappears. Everything is passing me by Every now and then it's feeling like My ship has gone and sailed away But I, I gotta be strong Gotta hold on It won't be too long I would travel to the seven seas. I will even go wherever the wind blows me. I'll do anything to find my destiny. It's like fighting with gravity, and it's bringing me down. If this world is really round, then tell me. Come around now. Now the time is coming in. I see the way through. John Ocean here in the zone of LOTO Radio. Again, want to send out a very special thank you to Connie 
Han. Thank you so much, my love, for joining us. And remember, family, be sure to purchase her new album, Crime Zone, available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And for those who like to live a little bit more adventurous, you can always head over to Amazon.com and get all the latest updates. Let your fingers do the walking. walking. Stop by her official website at www.ConnieHan.com. You can also catch up with her on Instagram and Twitter at Connie Han Jazz. So let your first move be your best move. It's been a fantastic week for music. Again, a lot of love to Miss Han, also to my man, Tommy Jenkins. And for those who missed the broadcast, it's okay. We got you covered in each and every way. All you have to do is pull up your app, your app on your phone via iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Pod beam and also on iTunes. All I have to do is type in these words L O T L the zone, and you can listen to the interview in its entirety. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and doing out all the negativity. It's definitely been a, uh, a fantabulous experience. Until we see you on the other side, make sure it's always a beautiful feeling experience when you're vibing here with the teddy bear. In the zone of L O T O radio, Lord. Mm-hmm.